So Tuesday night in Atlanta, not far from where I live, eight people were shot dead, six of whom were Asian American women. And of those six, four were women from Korea, people who probably were around the same age as, as my mom. Obviously, because this happened so close to where I live and because I am Asian American, all of this was very personal. So I spent pretty much the whole day Wednesday just processing, thinking, praying on just everything that happened. And I wanted to share with you guys my thoughts, my, my processing process, um, all the politically incorrect questions that I had, all the opinions that might not be popular. I just wanted to get it all, all out there because I want to start acting on the fact that Asian American stories and experiences are worth being told and being listened to. And please recognize that this is just me. I don't want to represent all Asian Americans. And, and that's kind of where I started the day on Wednesday. I woke up on social media. Everyone is talking about this. Asians and surprisingly non-Asians are talking about this. And there is kind of this mini spotlight on the podcast that I recorded before this one, the one with Jane. And, and not to say that, you know, I got so many listens on it or, or so many people shared, but it was definitely more than the usual amount. And to be honest, I really felt weird about it. There was, on one hand, gladness that the podcast was getting exposure, that people were listening, um, especially non Asian people were sharing and saying, hey, like we need to be more aware of the Asian experience, so let's take a listen. So I was happy about that. But what did it take? What, what was the thing that got us to that point? What brought the exposure? It was the death of eight people. And so I can't say that I'm fully happy because definitely what it took was not worth what it brought. And then, and then there's this weird pressure and regret because I definitely don't want the things I say, the very limited slice of the Asian experience that I have to be representative of all Asian American experiences. I don't, it's not meant to be comprehensive. It's not. And so I, I worry that people will take my experience and kind of supplant that as their understanding of what the Asian American experience is, because I'm, I'm shortcutting all the vast, you know, array and variety of experiences that Asian Americans, you know, go through. And the regret comes in because then now I'm thinking, wow, I should have done a much better job of, you know, hosting that episode. I, I should have said all these different things. I shouldn't have said some other things, the things that I said, I should have been more eloquent, more articulate, and just I should have been more convincing. I, I, there's so many thoughts, so many different things I, I think I should have done. I, I'm really happy that Jane was on the podcast because I think she really brought a different and unique uh, perspective um, as her career is in journalism. So it, it was a really good episode, but if if that episode was just me, I honestly, I think I would have taken it down after after seeing those people sharing it. The, the pressure and anxiety of that would have been too much to handle for me. And I started thinking about that. 
the, that emotional pressure or, or regret or anxiety that I was feeling. I really leaned into that to, to try to figure out why I was feeling that. And I realized it's because even though on that very podcast, I was advocating for Asian American stories to be told for people to tell, tell their stories and experiences because they are worth telling. There was a part of me that is so used to believing that my story is not worth telling that I was just going back to that default mode of thinking and, and behaving. And so this, this, this episode, the one that you're listening to now was a challenge for me. It was going against, against my instincts. It was me trying to come out of my usual mode and saying, Hey, let's, let's actually walk the talk, right? Let's actually believe what I'm saying and make more noise, give more of my experience because now I, I see a clear line from being told that our stories aren't worthy from, from being invisible and not making enough noise. I see a clear line from that to the death of six Asian American women. Like it, it's so, it's much clearer to me now than ever before. And so now I have a, a more resolute conviction and duty to actually, yeah, believe that my story is worth telling, believe my thoughts are worth telling. And that's actually why I'm recording this today. Um, so that was the morning. That was the morning of Wednesday. And later on that day, around noon, my mom usually comes to watch our, our daughter in the mornings while my wife and I work. And so that, that day, I went downstairs. I was, uh, we were doing the handoff while my mom was getting ready to leave and go to her job as um, elderly care, actually. She, she cares for elderly Korean-American uh, women. And as she was kind of stepping out and, and, go, and leaving, I asked her, hey, did you hear what happened last night? And she responded by saying, yeah, it was really horrible. Like, it's so scary. I can't believe something like that happened, you know, in our, in our city. But the way that she said it, I don't think she understood kind of the racial aspect of it. And so I just said, huh? And then I said, well, be careful out there. And her response confirmed to me that she wasn't aware of the, the racial, racial side of what happened. Because she said, oh, don't worry, I'm not that late. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to speed. So when I said be safe out there, she thought I was referring to just driving, the traffic. The, the notion of be safe out there because there are four women very similar to you in similar age that got killed because of the way they looked. So it could happen to you. Yeah, she wasn't thinking about that at all. That, that is not the way that she interpreted my be safe out there. And, and so I, as she left, I had to think about, did I do the right thing by letting her leave without explaining that to her? Or am I protecting her from that harsh reality? Like, I, I don't know if it would have been helpful for her to spend the rest of the day on edge thinking that someone might come shoot her. But on the other hand, I don't know if I left her at a disadvantage by not, by 
not giving her that piece of information? Like, would she be able to defend herself better if she knew that and someone came after her? Would, would the women who were murdered on Tuesday night, would they have been better off if they were armed with the knowledge that someone might come after them because of the way they looked? Honestly, I don't know. I know the politically correct answer to this is to say, yes, like they do need to know. Yes, I should have told my mom that this is happening. But I would rather just protect her from that, not burden her with the idea that she might die just for being her and allow her to have a relaxed day, allow her to be blissfully ignorant. I don't know. I, I don't know what the correct answer is. Like I said, I know what the politically correct one is, but I don't know what's in the grand scheme, in the long term. I don't know what's better for her. So that, that's something that I'm, I'm now struggling with. Keep going back and forth. I, I, like, I would just rather physically protect my mom. I would rather keep that knowledge to myself, not like shield her and protect her from that. And I would rather just be with her to make sure that nothing happens. But um, at the same time, I'm very aware of the fact that that's impossible. You know, it's not like I live with her. My mom has her own life. I have my own life. So, I mean, the ideal situation is to get the word out there for the entire world to be protecting her. But honestly, as the day went on, the notion of relying on the world to help protect my mother and women who look like her were kind of dispelled. And I'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, after that conversation with my mom, I got on the work call, um, tried to kind of get on with my day, um, but it was a work call with, with colleagues, uh, other people, and I, I was the only East Asian person on the call. And it was a very dramatic shift from being in kind of the world that my friends and family who are mostly Asian are in to the work world where um, it's mostly white people. And, and we were, you know, having small talk, like chit-chatting about this and that. But it, it seemed like no one really knew what happened on Tuesday night. Maybe they were callous to the, to the fact that there was a shooting Maybe they just didn't know. Maybe they didn't care. But it the the conversation just carried on, and I had to pretend like I didn't just hear about you know six people, six Asian Americans who got killed because of what they look like. I had to I had to pretend like I wasn't processing that that fact, and that I was really grappling with just all of the emotions and just the incident just before the call where I had to really think about what I was going to tell my mom, what I wasn't, and just all these things that are strolling around in my head at the forefront that that I thought was supremely, supremely important um, was obviously not in that realm of importance for these people. I, I don't know. I don't know if I expected someone to at least mention it, to say, wow, there was a crazy shooting in in Atlanta that got all these Asian Americans killed. Like, I don't know if I wanted them to to ask me how I was doing or, or anything like that, but 
the the contrast of of going from my the the world in which I was you know having conversations with my friends and things like that to the world with where I was having conversations with my colleagues that contrast was so stark and different that it it made me feel weird and it made me again feel kind of unseen unheard and minimized but again at at the same time I don't know what I was expecting I, I don't know if I should be expecting these people to be interested in what's happening in, in kind of the Asian American world. But then again, is, is this really just an Asian experience thing that happened? You know, eight people died. Like regardless of what race they were, that, isn't that something significant? Like is, was there an issue with news coverage or, or were the people that I, were, I was talking to, are they specifically kind of not into news? Like, I don't know. I, I, that's just another thing that I had to kind of struggle with. Then I sat down with my wife to have lunch. We were talking about what happened and my wife kind of tossed out there, hey, should I start taking self-defense classes? And she said, she thought jujitsu, I mean, kickboxing, something. And I kind of just laughed it off saying, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll, it'll be healthy for you to be active. But my wife was obviously talking about self-defense in case she gets targeted. And so I'm thinking about protection that that my mother needs. Now I'm suddenly right I'm suddenly reminded that oh yeah, my wife needs protection as well now. Then I start thinking about all the other Asian American women in my life, right? My my mother-in-law, my sister-in-laws, my sisters-in-law. You know, my my daughter even. Like is my daughter going to grow up in a world where she's going to be targeted for for the way that she looks. And before I move on, I want to make one thing clear. I I don't care what the the motivation for the killings were. Whether it was racially motivated, whether it was not, if if it was sex addiction, I mean for him getting rid of temptation, whatever whatever the case is, just look at what the result is. 6 of the 8 people who were killed were Asian Americans. The businesses that were targeted were Asian businesses. So there's obviously a racial layer to this. Don't tell me that it's not, that it was completely free of racial bias. Because statistically, that doesn't make sense. I mean, just by the numbers. So I can't help but think about this from a racial lens, right? And and, and that's why I keep saying, you know, I, I have to think about you know, all the Asian American women in my life that are fearing for their lives because of the way that they look. And that's a real reality for them now. My, my wife is thinking about how to be prepared in case that something like this happens to her. Like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that to be something that she thinks about. I want her to be, I want her to feel secure. I want her to feel safe. I want her to not have to go around thinking, is that guy going to shoot me? Is that guy going to shoot me because of the way that I look? But that's become her new reality. And is that going to become the reality for my daughter? Is that going to become the reality for my daughters, including the daughter that will come into the world in September? I don't know. I, I hope not. I'm, 
you can bet that I'm going to do everything in my power to not allow that to happen. But yeah, I can't. It's it's almost too much to process. It's almost too much to think about, you know. Especially because, like I talked about before, the the notion of the world helping out these Asian American women, protecting them and defending them, especially because that notion was dispelled for me. I'm even more in a place of just frenzied processing and thinking and having all these emotions kind of like bombarding me. And that notion got dispelled when later that night I saw the news conference, the press conference of the spokesperson of the Cherokee Police Department saying, this killer was at the end of his rope. He was having a bad day. And then this happened. So initially, I I was shocked when I heard that. Then I had to think about, was that actually his intention? Was he trying to be sympathetic toward the killer more than he was toward the victim? Is he actually a racist? Now, I know for a fact that this is not what all police officers think but man what is this guy like how did this guy come to represent this entire like become the spokesperson for this entire department like, I, I had to i had to go through all these questions and all these thoughts but at the end end of it all all i know for a fact is how it made me feel regardless of the intentions of of this guy how it made me feel was we are side characters. Asian Americans are not focal points in this country. We are almost subhuman. We are indeed minimized. We are somewhat invisible. We are the submissive model minority group that kind of keeps to their own. And the things that happen to them are kind of background things. The real main characters are people who don't look like them. That's how it made me feel. And that's kind of sad to say how how I think I'm going to keep feeling moving forward. Like, I have no disillusions about seeking help from other races now. I think I'm really in a place where um, I feel like... The only people I can rely on are other Asian Americans. For the protection of Asian Americans, I think I can only rely on Asian Americans. I, I hope to God that that's not reality, but that's just the place I've landed for now. And that's just kind of how I'm thinking. And so as I'm thinking all of these things, I come to realize that all of these thoughts are really just me-centric. Um, things that are happening around, happening around me, happening around my family and my friends, and man, I, I had to take a moment to kind of step back and and grieve and mourn with the people who lost loved ones. Um, to really pray for the families of of the people left behind now, the people who lost mothers, daughters, sisters. And I, yeah, I just kind of stayed in that for a little bit. And, and as, as I was praying, I, as a Christian, I know I am called to forgive. As a Christian, I know that, you know, God's, uh, Jesus said, 
some, forgive someone who wrongs you seven times, 77 times. Pretty much every anytime someone wrongs you, forgive them. And I'm going to be honest. And this again, this is my raw thoughts and feelings. I'm not ready to forgive the, the shooter right now. But I think I can be sympathetic toward his his family his his loved ones around him because i'm sure they're all all shaken by by what their son brother or did and yeah I, I can't imagine you know waking up one day to the news that i don't know like someone i loved and thought was a good person doing something evil and, and ridiculous and crazy like this like i i would feel shaken to the core if, if I woke up to that reality. And to the best of my knowledge, the parents of this killer, they were not trying to raise someone who would eventually kill eight people. So I'm sure they're devastated. Um, the church that he attended is getting a lot of coverage. In um, some articles, are I don't know, like they're, they're saying some things I really disagree with. Um, almost trying to make it seem like almost as if this to ask the question how did this why or how did this church produce this mass murder like i don't want to believe or assume that the actions of an individual are representative of the beliefs that a whole group of people have simply because of a shared trait i'm not thinking that all white people are racist even though I said that I, I don't want to rely on the world to protect Asian Americans or I'm not in a place where I can believe that. I mean, that doesn't mean that I, I think everyone's out there trying to kill Asian Americans. Because, you know, that's I, I, I think that's the root of racism, right? If someone who looked like me did something to someone else that is maybe violent or something like that, then I wouldn't want to bear the repercussions of that just because I look like this person, right? So, yeah, I, if anyone's out there and they're in a place of now I hate all white people because the shooter happened to be white, that's, I don't think that's productive at all. And I, that's very far removed from reality. So I, I would urge you to rethink that and, yeah, I guess recognize that that in and of itself is racism, right? So, to summarize, I don't even know if this is a summary, but just to kind of talk about the takeaways that I had from this day of processing and thinking. First is, I, I need to be more vigilant as a protector for, for my family and friends. Because now it is within the realm of possibility that we'll be shot for the way that we look. So I'm going to do everything everything within my power to not allow that to happen i'm not going to let little things slide anymore i'm not going to let people who make jokes microaggressions things that aren't okay i'm not going to take the time or spend the energy to convince myself that it's okay i'm just going to speak out and say what is the intention of that why are you saying that i don't think that was okay do you think that was okay this is how it made me feel and i want to understand why why you thought that was okay. I, I, I think I need to be more bold in, in having those conversations. And also, I'm not going to continue thinking that 
my story is not worth telling. I'm going to definitely encourage all my friends and families to um, be, be more loud, to make more noise about uh, things that they're going through in their stories. And, and this was true even before, before all of this happened. This podcast is, I, I'm willing to use it as a platform for everybody, anybody um, who, who wants to get their stories out there. And so, yeah, that's, please, please feel free to reach out if you need a platform or want to use this platform to, to talk, process, you know, or yeah, whatever it is you want to do. So, I mean, yeah, thank you guys so much for bearing with me today, um, with my rambling, with my probably incoherent thoughts at times, but yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a a example of one Asian dude's processing of something really tragic that happened. Uh, I encourage you guys to process as well, to think through these things, to ask yourself questions, to yeah, to feel safe to to say and and talk about your experiences. To to feel safe about I don't know, being honest and, and not shying away from saying certain things. I mean, I think everything is valid. If, if you're feeling a certain way about something, the matter, the intention, or anything around that feeling, that feeling is still valid, right? So, yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, I know there is a... A lot of information still coming out about the victims, but I did see a GoFundMe um, that's for the two teenage boys left motherless um, because of Tuesday. So I, I will link that to the um, episode description. So please, please donate because I can only imagine what those two boys are, are going through right now. And kind of the worries that they, they now have to, to face and the, the sudden need to grow up and think think about all the adult things that they should have been spared from for, for a number of years. So yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. And yeah, I'll talk to you next time.